Disturbs, the set piece, and the debris. And it's taken! Oh, it's a wonderful set piece! Giving you the very best from the Nigerian Professional Football League. A result, not a scoreline. This is the MPFL Tory Podcast. We are live! In the last seven seasons of the Capital Club competitions, the CAF Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup, MPFL sides have faced 33 North African teams, both in the qualifying rounds, the group stages, or the knockout stages of both competitions. This season alone, um, the MPFL sides have faced four North African teams in the qualifying rounds. As far as of Morocco were the first who faced Real Stars and knocked them out. In the second round of qualifying, the three remaining MPFL sides are facing three North African teams. Do they have a chance of qualifying to the next round or to the group stages of the CAF Champions League and CAF Confederation Cup? Is a million dollar question, and we will be discussing all of that on this episode of the MPFL Tory Podcast. My name is Chris, and we've got the guys uh, with me on this episode to talk about all of those chances and the games that we saw over the weekend. Sam was the commentator for the Quarra United game. Sam, good to have you. Big second half for Quarra United in that game. How were you feeling uh, when the full-time eventually went? That was an absolutely lifting game. Uh, hello to all our listeners. Um, it's good to be here. Uh, Quarra United really did turn up with the second half that was really pulled out of somewhere that we really cannot even tell. I mean, going um, behind already in the first 10 minutes, it already looked like Zoom, and everybody was already feeling like, oh, here we go again. Not African members, but in the course of the game, Quarry United were the better side even in the first half. They were just need to convert the chances. And the second half proved to be a different ball game. They were hot, they were smoking. It was a really, really tough game for the defending champions of the Confederations Cup and the champions of Africa, I should say as well. But for Quarry United, they made it look very easy as the game went on. So for everybody who came for the game, you know, as a journalist, as a Supporter or whatever, I'm sure everybody got value for their time. It was an amazing game yesterday. Definitely was a uh, Pro United defeating RSB Berkan by three goals to one. I saw the game on YouTube and it was a fantastic second half from the Armony Boys. Portacourt, Rivers United, I did defeat, we did Casablanca, the defending champions of the CAF Champions League, but it was a slim victory that might eventually haunt them. In Morocco next weekend, but it's football, anything can happen. Mary, it's good to have the UA at that game live. Glimpse of offside call from the Wida Casablanca goal, but then um, I don't think the referees were able to spot it without the help of technology. It's good to have you again on this episode of the podcast. All right, so greetings to, to you, Chris, and to everybody listening, and to Sam as well, who did a fantastic job with the Quarry United commentary. Uh, here in Port Harcourt, it it was um, it was really exciting being at the stadium yesterday. Um, we saw a couple of fans trooping to the stadium. I think uh, you know by my own assessment, it could be around five thousand or so people in the stadium, cheering Rivers United and and the champions of Nigeria held their own against the champions and Afri- of Africa. They played really well. They dominated the game, you know, by possession, by chance creation and all of that. It was just um, 
unfortunate that um, the same old story for Rivers United, the conversion rate was still not the best yesterday. There were a lot of chances. Some of them, I think uh, Yima Wagwa missed something close to a sitter. They missed a lot of chances that could have put them easily 4-1 or maybe 5-1 up against um, where that athletic club. But overall, a, a win is a win, so they say, uh, although it's just a 2-1 win. And like you said, that away goal for where that might just prove to be very vital for them. Yeah, it should prove a little vital for them because they'll be playing in front of their fans. And we know how it is when you go to North Africa, how difficult it is as we actually get positive results um, whenever you visit that part of Africa. Let's start with Rivers United. It was a fantastic game. The result that they will be taking to Morocco. Um, overall, um, Mary J, how would you rate the performance of Rivers United? Because for me, I wasn't so impressed about their performance. I thought they could do better, especially in front of goal. And for the fact that they considered an early goal in that game, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't the game for me at all. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, if you are one of the those who bother who bother about you know how um, exciting the football is on the eye, you know how many passes a team records or how much of a ball possession, you would you would call it a really good day for Rivers United because they controlled proceedings. I mean, they were good with the ball. They did not give a, a lot of stray balls away. But um, goals, that's the name of the game. And at the end of the day, they got just two and allowed the opponents one. So it was not ideal. And it was the kind of performance where you, you start thinking and you start maybe wishing uh, the likes of Chijuke Akuneto or Ishak Rafi were in the team. Because I, I could, watching that game yesterday, I could just try to imagine if they were still part of that Rivers United setup, how much more different it could have been. Because we know the undoubted qualities of Chijoke Akuneto and Ishak Rafiu. They scored a lot of goals between them last season. So uh, they, they've left the team. They're no longer with the team. They've gotten re replacements, but the replacements are not firing just yet. Up front, they, um, Rivers United decided to start with um, two recognized strikers, Malaka Oharwumi and Nima um, uh, Wagwa who most of the time plays for the team and doesn't get the goals. And that has been the bane for Yimawa Guan for Rivers United. So uh, the chances conversion was poor. A lot of crosses, good crosses from Ibube Duru. A lot of moments inside the um, opponent's penalty area where they were indecisive. They did not know what they were going to do or how they were going to get the ball past the goalkeeper. So, yeah, it's the same old story for Rivers United. And... Um, well, I don't know. Somehow, I just hope that miraculously they can get goals in Morocco, which is going to be a really difficult task. Sam, for Quarry United, it was a show of a fantastic second half in Lagos. A poor first half, I should say, considering that early goal as well. And coming back in the second half, they roared unitedly as to get three goals in the second half. Three win at the end of the day against the, cha the defending champions of the CAF Confederation Cup. I know you were in commentary, but how did that game go for you, actually? When the game started, I already said it was going to be um, through the air and set pieces that back in were going to hurt Quarry United because they were they evidently had the tallest players on the pitch. The midfielder, Kamara, the defender, uh, Regagio, as well as uh, Dayo, the captain of the side. They were all very tall and really, really tall. And we also know that one of the poorest parts on the pitch for Quarry United was the centre-back and somehow they just let those balls in behind them, which they did a couple of times yesterday. And uh, back in, we're really poor. 
as well in that aspect. They didn't get too many chances, but they got about two clear-cut chances, two very good chances, which they squandered. But that aside, Point had better chances as well. I noticed a different angle to the game. In the game against S1, Quarry United did more of trying to cut the opponent from um, taking shots from range. And the goalkeeper still did a couple of times. And that's how they got it. This time, they decided to play and play beyond the, the back line of um, Bakin and just go in behind. So it was not really working so much for them in the first 45 minutes. But after the second, start of the second half, a couple of changes from Coach Aziz, first bringing up Ayobami Jr., who was very... In fact, I need to say that all three substitutes were very key. Ayobami Jr. got the assist for the third goal. Ahmed Taufik got an assist for the second goal and he got the first goal himself. And then Daniel Barnabas as well. He got a goal for himself. So the changes were really key. I think um, Wasu Jimon needs to be praised as well. He's a very, very strong striker. He loves to play with his back to goal. Just uh, they can, gives you the kind of the, the drop off cue. Rest on the opponent and then try to just make space, uh, which really, really caused a lot of trouble for the defensive side of Barkin. And these same defenders did not really break a sweat when they played against Orlando Pirates um, and uh, this wider athletic club as well. So I, I think um, overall, Paris United came to the party in the second 45 minutes. And that kind of second half is one that can really give you high hopes going into the second leg. 31 is a good scoreline, but you need to be very careful when they go to Morocco. You need to be absolutely careful. Well, a two-goal advantage they have, uh, the Amone boys, and going all the way to Morocco uh, to play the champions of the CAF Confederation Cup and the winners of the CAF Super Cup. Uh, that's, that game uh, looks very, very dicey for Cora United. Sami, uh, going into Morocco, what are the chances for Cora United? We all know going into going to the north, going to North Africa has, has been dangerous for MPFA sides. Like I said earlier, we've played, we've been playing North African sides since 2017 in the qualifying rounds and only three times have we been able to knock them out in either the first round or the second round of qualifiers in both competitions. Aqua United doing it in 2018 in the Confederation Cup against Halilau Tripoli, Rangers doing it in 2017 against JS Sarua of Algeria in the CAF Champions League and Rangers again doing it in 2019 the CAF Confederation Cup against USM Bela Bears. This time around, what are the chances of Cora United knocking out the champions of Africa, RSB Berkan? As you see, uh, records like that are always meant to be broken, and that's what they see about football. Cora United have done themselves a lot of positive by taking a two-goal advantage into the return fixture. You know, it's a different thing when you just take a one goal lead and the opponent's that was to score one is all over. Now Bakken have to score two. The Quarry United need to be convinced. They didn't need to go all out in that game. They've got really, really strong chances of getting into the final qualifying round of the CAF Confederations Cup. Bakken are very beatable, and we've seen that from the first leg. In fact, despite the fact that they're the champions of Africa and the Confederations Cup by virtue of winning the Super Cup as well. So, despite that, they've had a very, very terrible start to their season in the Botola League at the moment in Morocco. They are currently 15 out of 16. They've played four games. They've not picked up any win. They've managed only one draw, and that draw was against Aspar. They've lost at home. They've lost away. So they're struggling. They're really struggling at the moment, and they're only hoping that they can find some kind of magic 
because it was in the middle of the struggle that they defeated a, a wider athletic club in the Super Cup. And now they're still struggling and they're hoping that they can get one over Karinati. So for Karinati, they need to keep a cool head because Aziz needs to take out a conservative approach. First thing you need to do is ensure that in the first 45 minutes, it ends goalless. That's one of the first things I think they need to do. Because when it happens that way, it puts a lot of pressure on Bakin and they need to come out. And that way you can go on and box them on the counter-attacks, but it just needs to be conservative. I think they've got, of all the three clubs on the continent, Karinati have got the best chance of progressing. Uh, certainly, they look um, like the team with the best chance to uh, qualify because a two-goal lead um, um, might just do the magic for them. Hopefully, um, they don't get to concede an early goal like we saw last weekend. Plachy United uh, are the third team on the continent. They did the needful uh, by defeating Espresso Tunis by two goals to one. They also considered early. All three clubs, in fact, considered first in this game. They had to do a comeback to get a win. But Zam... You were at that game in Abuja. What came to your mind when Esperance caught that first goal and you thought to yourself, is this the end of the road for the Peace Boys? Hi, Chris. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, I, I wouldn't say that I was surprised that the Tunisians caught first. I I think it was expected. I didn't expect Platinum. I said to keep a clean sheet. They have a very formidable attack. I've seen them play. And it was not really a surprise to me. Platsi United conceding that first goal was not a mistake. It was, on the part of the Tunisians, a very good goal. I mean, running on the wing, which is the weakest of Platsi United, um, and using it as an advantage to score a goal. So it was really not surprising. But the good thing is that they were able to come back and do the needful to get to win over the Tunisians. And I think it will reduce the pressure of them when they visit them away from home. Well, the pressure, I think, is just going to get started for them because going to North Africa, Electrico has a history of losing 6 nil in North Africa. Though in Algeria, that was, this time around, he's going to Tunisia. Let's just wait and see how it go, that goes for him. United are going to Morocco. They are facing the champions of the CAF Champions League. And when I was looking at the records for, of Vida Casablanca in Morocco, they have not lost a game on the continent since last season in the CAF Champions League. Can Rivers United do the undoable right now? Can they break that jinx? Can they cross the feet to win Casablanca? It's um, it's 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 improbable, or should I say, it's highly improbable, uh, because, like you said, you know, it's very clear the pedigree of where the athletic club they've been in and around the CAF Champions League semi-finals, finals in the last four or five years. They won it the last time by beating the best team on the African continent, Al Ahly, and uh, well. What what we saw yesterday at the Adokia Messi Makasidem, I, I keep telling everybody that cared to listen, that was not 50% of what way that athletic club could play. So you're going back to Morocco, they're going back to Morocco, they're going to have the full complement of the fans in the stadium. They're going to play on a surface that's much better than what they played at, at the Adokia Messi Stadium. We had a couple of complaints from the coach about the playing surface there, which was valid in my in my view. So I think for Rivers United to 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 do that improbable task and and reach the group stage at the expense of with the Athletic Club, I think it's going to be difficult, close to impossible. 
Uh, but then again, Rivers United, they are a team very well motivated. Uh, they know that there is this is the final hurdle for, for each of the players and also the coaching crew to get their hands on the $40,000 bounty which the executive governor of Rivers State has put before them. But would that be enough? For Rivers United, the only thing for me that keeps them in that game is to score a goal because all that Weather Athletic Club needs is a single goal, a 1-0 victory and they're home and dry. And you can bet on it, you can bank on with Athletic Club to score one goal or to even score two goals at home. It could be so easy for them because they are so efficient whenever they play in Morocco. And you've been reading out the stats and the history between Nigeria, uh, Nigerian teams and North African teams. I don't understand why we play at home and we play like Lions and then when we go over, you know, go away from home, especially in North Africa, we play like Cats. <laughs> so, if for some reason Rivers United can be able to brave that mentality and say, hey, what have we got to lose? Let's try to get a goal. Let's try to play our normal football. Then it could be good. But if they go there to sit back and allow where that athletic club play, I think maybe it's going to even be embarrassing for Rivers United. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like it's something that is not African side. They always find a way to, um, I think, just, they use the first leg to most likely study their opponents, especially when they're not playing against North Africans. Mm. I don't know why, but it just looks like that. They come at you in the first leg and you feel like, oh, so this is all you've got, right? This is all you've got. And then when you go to the second leg, you just see a different side to all of them. All of them. I don't know why, but it has always been like a trend. You can go there, maybe pick up a draw in the first leg and then you come back and then maybe they pick out a draw that is even higher than yours and then they just put you they just find a way to do something extra i feel like they are always so conservative when they when they play the first leg and i don't know why but i just find out that it has always worked for them but the funny thing is sam they always have these fixtures in their favor the fact that they always get to play almost all of their first legs away from home Looking at the records of since 2017 to now, almost all the first legs were played in Nigeria first before going to Morocco, before going to North Africa, I should say. So it's almost as if these fixtures are always in their favor, especially when they face Nigerian sides. Plachi United, an uphill task they face right now, going to Tunisia. Like you said, experience are a team that are very good in attack. This is going to be another test for Ilichuku. He went to Algeria in 2018, got beaten, got one of six goals to nothing by MC Algeria. This time around, with a little bit better squad, does this stand a chance? Do Clutch United stand a chance getting to the um, group stages of the CAF Champions League? Yeah, I think they do. They stand a chance of getting to the group stage of the Champions League. Are you sure you stand a chance? Are you just, you're just yes, bringing you know. in the fan aspect <laughs> of you? Chris, no, that's not it. Chris, I don't think it's um, fair to just rule a team out, a team that have actually given their best. Like I said earlier, they surprised me yesterday. They did a fantastic job. And talking about a good squad, I don't know if they have a good squad. Because you said they have a good squad to face the Tunisians and all that. But Platy United don't really have a good squad. I mean, they made um, some signings uh, lately. They've sold some of uh, their players and two of their best players just uh, at, at the end of this season. That's uh, Buari Ibrahim and Andrew Kefe, who were the 
the the most um, formidable fullbacks I've seen in the MPFL, and uh, they got replacements with Chris Weze and Ifain Emmanuel, who are trying their possible best to understand each other at the moment because they've not gotten so uh, they've not had so much time to uh, blend in together. Uh, it's more of the eighty percent of the players that were around in the previous season that are still in the squad. So I do not think they really have a good squad. We've made complaints about having a striker. Lechiko did himself in the previous season and he said the first thing he's going to do after the end of the season was to sign a new striker. And um, honestly, the new striker that Plateau United got, that's Yuga uh, Mustafa Ibrahim, is really not a new striker. I mean, he was at Plateau United before moving to Saudi Arabia and then he's back again. And I have asked the question why he is back. I mean, don't we have other strikers in the MPFL that they, they might have gotten or something? But aside that, um, Plateau United can beat the Tunisians if they can do the job the Tunisians used to do. Like, I, I think it was Merit who said um, the, the North Africans have a way of studying their opponents. They are very conservative in the first uh, leg. And then they show you a different game altogether in the second leg. And I think that's what the Tunisians are going to do. I was doing the live commentary of the match yesterday. And I noticed that some of their key players, if I can say their most dangerous players, um, did not even start their game yesterday. So I was wondering why they were not injured, nothing. Because you, you know what they did after the game yesterday? When they played Plus United, their players were on the reserve bench and their players that are on the list of the CAF registered players that were not on the reserve bench had to go into the pitch and get warmed up, which was really impressive. It means that they have this certain level of ideology in their clubs. There's a structure that the Tunisians have and the North Africans in general that I do not know if Nigerian teams will be able to match up except we fix those things. I think the only thing that I banked on who were going to do that were Remo Stars, and uh, they unfortunately they crashed out in the first um, preliminary round. Plateau United can beat the Tunisians only if they bring their A game and play together as a team. Yesterday, one of the things I noticed was that Plateau United uh, changed a little bit of their style. Fidelis Lechiku is an intelligent coach, and I think that... Um, he understood what the Tunisians can bring to the table and he was able to use that against them. But um, what the strength of the Tunisians was also their weakness. Every time there was a counter uh, from the Tunisian side, it always leaves their wings open. It's just like watching Liverpool and Arnold. I mean, if you don't have a footback who can do the job that Arnold needs to do, because sometimes he forgets his defensive capabilities when it's overlapping, then you get to understand that that was the same thing that Tunisians were doing, especially uh, their right back, uh, that's a battery. And when you go to the left back, that's in um, person of Charlie. He is also a very fantastic winger. But at the same time, when they overlap, they do not, uh, they do, they don't fall back to help their team uh, defend. But the unfortunate thing is that Plateau United do not have pacey players that can actually run and help in those kind of counter attacks. They don't have players that can uh, stand against very tall defenders. Like Plateau United have lots of short players that I, I think have been disadvantaged lately. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, their main playmaker was Hagai Kato and he was really not in the game. 
I think he still did better than he did in the first um, game against AS Manji of Gabon, where he scored the only goal, but he was one of the worst players on the pitch. So um, a lot of journalists excuse the fact that he was uh, the match winner, so it was okay to say that um, he was um, uh, he he did a good uh, he played a good game, but I was really not on that page. I, I think he was really poor, and he showed how poor he could be again yesterday. Except one thing I've never seen him do was mark. And he did that yesterday. Every Plateau United player marked yesterday. And I think he was able to... Um, they, they need to be wary of um, their... Op- their most dangerous striker is uh, Mohamed Ali. Introduced in the 70-something minutes. I, I, I can't... It shows you that um, they don't even care. This is their top striker and he's not even starting a match. Not match. All for reasons, I'm sure, it's just tactics of the coach. Because they know they're going to win away from they, home. They were conservative yesterday compared mm-hmm. to the clips I've seen, compared to the match they played uh, um, recently against Wilder Casablanca. That the Tunisians have a lot at their disposal. They have depth in their squad. They have players that uh, have the mentality to win. I think it's just different players, and that's um, I, I, I think Mohamed. He played every single minute of, for the Tunisians in the previous. But they've gotten a replacement who is better in person of ben, ben Ali. Um, I'm sorry, they have so many players that have the same name, and sometimes you get confused. You just tired of calling all those names but they have a fantastic team that were very collective they were calm throughout the game despite the fact that they were losing they, they looked really comfortable that they were okay with a 2-1 win mm-hmm. i spoke to one of uh, their technical crew and he said that that they were ready for the game they traveled back to their country just yesterday that's tell you how serious these people are they don't um they, they time is money football is business to them Unlike the Nigerian teams here, I mean, we're just beginning to get up and try to compete with some of the best teams in Africa. Plateau United do not have the team that you'd expect would be able to win against the Tunisians in North Africa. But, but, like I said, if they would be able to play aggressively as they did yesterday or even better, I think that they'll be able to um, win the Tunisians even away from home and bring a jinx of not. Um, having Nigerian teams uh, win North African teams in uh, knockout uh, stages or even uh, for Fidelis in HQ. You, you see, you the year, you the year, Zamora, you the four, Abi. <laughs> and some. Hey, they go win, Abi. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't even fear for that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all the same, there's still hope, at least, with the result that we had, that we have right now, there's still hope in the second leg if they can just do better. Now, looking at the record since 2017, only in 2019 has the Nigerian club qualified for the group stages of the CAF Champions League. And that was Lobby Stars in 2019. Oh. And that was the only time in seven seasons, or I should say in six seasons, that we have had a club play in the group stages of the CAF Champions League. In the Confederation Cup, we have Ayimba, Rangers, um, River United play in the group stages of the Confederation Cup. Ayimba have played it, got knocked out in 2018 by Wider Casablanca in the semi finals, by Pyramids in the quarter finals in 2021. 
So they they have what it takes to go all the way to the Confederation Cup. Unfortunately, no Ayimba for us this time around. And this time around as well, we are going to face consequences if we do not get past the normal qualifying rounds in both competitions. Now, let me put you three yeah. on the spot. Are we going to get into the qualifying, into the group stages of the CAF Champions League? Let me start with you, Sam. Hey, I'm looking for a problem. <laughs> problem. <laughs> but, um, it's really stupid. Ah, it's I'm saying it as far hope. As far hope, one thing will get through. All right. All right. Mary J. Mary J. Um, f- first of all, I would be bluntly honest and then I would be patriotic because my rivers <laughs> people will, will probably come from my head. For the CAF Champions League, I think we will not have any team in the CAF Champions League. Plato United, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Zam has done a fantastic job trying to win my heart over, but I'm still not buying it. <laughs> I think Plato United will not cut it against Esperance in Tunisia. And Rivers United, for the quality of the athletic club, I think they will be found wanting. But hey, now the patriotic part. Maybe Rivers United can prove me wrong. Maybe the $40,000 is so much that they can just, you know, dig in deep to find the way around it. But putting it bluntly, I don't think anything goes there. If there is a wild card, then it's Rivers United. $40,000. That's twenty-eight million naira. Is it for each player or for the each, whole team? Each, each. All right. Each. Uh, uh, How many players do Rivers United have? Uh, that 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 will be down to the team managers. You know, whenever there is something like this, they start calculating who has a contract and who doesn't have a contract. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zam, let me come to you. Do we have hope to get to the group stages? Yes, I I, I think I'm going to be patriotic too. I mean, wild card Rivers United. I think. Uh, we have hopes on that. Maybe even Quara United and right. Plato United as well. Honestly, pessimistic side of um, these Nigerian teams making it to the group stage. And I think after football can also be a game of luck. And I think that if they are that lucky, maybe they might even all make it to the group stage and uh, we don't have to face the questions of just having one representative in the group stages. So I am rooting for them that they'll make it to the group stage. Well, the consequences of not having any club in the group, um, group stages of the CAF Champions League is that next season we'll only have just one team represent Nigeria in the CAF Champions League. And, ne- and, and the Confederation Cup, if eventually um, Rivers United, Plachi United, if they eventually fall into the playoff round of Conf- Confederation Cup, Aquara United also did not defeat RSV Berkan, will also be having just one club in the Confederation Cup next season. And this will be a repeat of what we had in 2019, when Lobby Stars were the only club in the Champions League and Rangers were the only club in the Confederation Cup. The interesting thing is, both teams, Lobby Stars and Rangers International, actually got to the group pages of both competitions in 2019. So if that happens and you have to go back to 1-1, that means we still have hope if the clubs can get into um, the group stages of the competition. But let's wait and see what happens next weekend when we have the second leg against the North African sides. Buda Casablanca against Rivers United, Espresso Tunis against Plachi United, and RSV Berikan against Quara United. Next week, we'll be talking about all of these games. I'm sure at the end of it, we'll have seen known the result and we'll have known our fate by then. Thanks to Sam, Mary J, and Zam 
joining me on this episode of the podcast. My name is Chris. To the next episode, stay safe and God bless you.